BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com and if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line or maybe even read stories with me or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me head on over to patreon at lorehammer listener lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show enjoy Hello and welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. I'm your host, Mark, and joining me today, we got Northlock. How's it going? Oh my god, I'm on so much space cocaine! <laughs> Fuck. Oh god. <laughs> you, you got that space cocaine, I'm just mellow on the weed. Um, it'll be a good clash of energy. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, today we're we're reading a short story, some stuff. We're also just talking kind of about your lore. You are writing about the wardens of mankind, and you're still in the process of writing this. But yeah, tell me a little bit about it. So to start off with, this isn't a specific chapter. This isn't a specific faction. It has to do a lot with humans as a whole, humanity as a whole, but it incorporates like three different space marine chapters like four different guardsmen regiments a couple mechanicus stuff here and there and some completely other worldly things entirely yeah okay crazy um so that is this like almost like are you writing about a system in the galaxy or are you writing about a specific crusade that these forces came together or so hmm i the best way to describe it is a person has been led on a journey to find other people who have been led to that same journey that all culminates in one doomsday event that no one will forget i see i see okay that sounds cool that sounds cool um i like it do you want to start reading some of the stuff yeah let's go to the uh wardens of mankind info bible Yeah, 20 pages of lore here. And this is just one of your documents. That's that's super cool.
Hello? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, what is it? Uh, are you good to read the first bit? Yeah, or- I can. Book one, a North Northrarian tale. Northarian. Subs- Northarian. Subsection one, the factorum. Young children with numbers and letters for names, their purpose to serve as fuel for the factorums that needed bodies to man their assembly lines and machines. Taught to manufacture firearms and bolter rounds before they were taught how to write. Planetary guard green paint and incendiary round blue was left caked under the nails of most. Those girls who could read and write had ink bleached hands from writing scripture upon scripture. The purity seals were written for the order of the martyred mother, the sisters of battle detachment assigned to defend the planet as well as its nobility. North 616 called that factorum home. The sisters and guards, his saviors and heroes. Him and all his friends all admired them. ANE 7-3652 wanted to be a sister. She wanted to be able to defend herself and those she cared about. BI 11-1123 planned to enlist fully after his mandatory service in hopes of becoming a commissar. JJ86-7506 hoped that her pen work would allow her to become a scribe for the sisters. Despite her only having one eye, she wrote much more elegantly than most of most and tell a good story. North 616, he said he had become a little preacher, but deep down he already a, resigned. A battle preacher. A battle preacher. Uh, but deep down he already resigned himself to a fate of a factory factory dweller. He couldn't see himself doing more. Yes, he could read, write, and tell stories. J.T. had taught him a good deal. Bill showed him how to fight and brawl like a beast. He knew there was a universe out there. And he was always always fantasized about, about it in his company. All of his friends had ambitions. All North had were dreams. Every night it was the same dream. Pitch black void, lights, lights console and consoling a bright purple presence some lights came and went other lights stayed none spoke outright it was always through corporeal thought the closest north came to experience that same sensation in real life was when he and his friends crawled through the sewers to get underneath the sisters of battle cathedral cathedral wow what a weird word uh cathedral (laughs) yeah uh, I, kn- I know it, I just can't say it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> the drain from the central prayer chamber, their portal into the world of warriors. Brilliant lights adoring a heavily decorated room, murals and statues embedded the roofing as well as the walls. To the sisters, it was home. To North, Annie, Bill, and JJ, the light was divine providence. As they looked up into the dark tunnel, North could see his friend's eyes twinkling with purpose. The only time in his life North ever felt a true sense of purpose during those years of indentured servitude was when he saved Annie later that same day as they returned home from the sewer. North and JJ had left Annie alone in the factorum apartment elevator, nothing unusual considering what floor she lived on. But after North dropped off JJ at her home until she took the stairs and heard Annie struggle. It was also vivid. How he tracked Annie by her screams, how he darted around the rusty halls, rusty halls, how 
that spare waste pipe was just leaning against the wall as if it was waiting for him. Once he saw her, he uh, once he saw her, the world sharpened to a pinprick of vision, as if he could see, as if all he could see was his goal and nothing else. It all came together in a rush of aggression and fury. Red gore and flesh were all he carved, uh, craved as he beat the two men down, destroying them with every each hefty swing of the pipe, its rust, snagging skin and clothing. As the two men laid bleeding out and broken, he just kept going as he remembered what they had done to Annie. It only stopped when she took hold of him. They left bodies and ran. North home was the closest, only a few floors up as opposed to the five that would have gotten to Annie's floor. Whatever the case, they had dinner with Jen, North's mother, and went to bed. Annie safe and North falling back into the same dream as the prior night. Things became complicated. Things became complicated after that. Jen knew something bad uh, happened from the blood on their clothes. She insisted North leave Annie to her fate, how he had a responsibility to stay alive and before his pregnant mother in the time of need, since his father would most likely be struck in the, uh, stuck in the factorum. North and Annie really had to watch their backs now. It took a few days before anything happened. Rumors and murmurs of two factorum overseers brutally beaten in the halls where the workers talked where all the workers talked about all of them fearing the wrath of the mayor but since no one could pin the blame on anyone nothing was done besides regular patrols in the apartment halls north would walk annie home for those two days they grew closer closer they trusted each other and leaned on one another jj and bill could tell that they had developed some kind of connection after a week though after a week they thought they were in the clear the rumor stopped and the mayor never ventured down from orbit in his space elevator. Instead, the factorum was blessed with a surprise inspection of the, martyred, uh, the order of a martyred mother. Their armor of bright silver and gold, red cloaks and halos predominantly displayed and embroiled on their persons. They were breathtaking. They were truly divinely beautiful. Everything changed when Bill died. He, the ammunition he was given to paint had been primed to blow, and blow it did. It was horrible seeing Bill like that. His arms torn skin and, and stumps, his chest steaming from bubbling flesh that infused with cloth. North knew who done it. North knew who done it. He could read it on the overseer's face. He must have suspected Bill to be the one who killed those two men a week ago. But the rumors meant, also mentioned a girl. That's when he saw JJ being dragged away, a tech priest and two goons marching to Emperor knows where. JJ and Bill had been sentenced to death because of North's actions. He, he couldn't walk Annie home that day. Too much tortured his mind and soul. Too much, on it, too much made his blood boil. He wanted to hurt something, someone. He wanted to fight the world if he could. That would have to wait. This apartment door was wide open. He looked inside and saw carnage. His mother was bleeding out her neck, his dad having a knife shoved into his chest. Meanwhile, his neighbors who cared for his mother while him and his father were away cradled a baby. The baby had same, the same mutilations as the neighbor. His mother had been, had been seeing the neighbor. Void, all, he, all thought halted. All he... All he could process was the feeling of movement and his vision narrowing as he could get closer to his target. 
He let it all out after, the resentment, the guilt, and the boiling hatred towards the factorum. Towards his parents and co-workers, everything had, everything and every, everything and everything just seemed miserable and deserving of hatred. North felt his heavy fists like, North felt heavy fists land like bolter rounds against his neighbor's skull. His slowly breaking hands could not ceasing their advances as he continued to beat and batter his neighbor turned the re recipient of rage. It only took one guard to pull North off the neighbor. However, another knocked him out. Next Annie would see him where he, uh, next Annie would see him was when he returned to the factorum with empty eyes and a monitor around his ankle. He worked the next week in an almost absolute silence, only speaking to Annie in brief bursts. He was just another criminal now, Factorum slave now and forever. Even when he, even when he had his recurring dreams, he felt himself as a smaller than before, like he existed less compared to others. Even with Annie by his side, he felt empty, but she just kept him present, kept him sane. But no amount of consol uh, consolation and warmth could outweigh the trauma of seeing JJ turned into a servo skull, and it was her, the skull only had one eye, just like JJ. And the way it hovered towards North and Annie, it made it seem like, feel like JJ was still conscious. This was the final straw for North. The night, that night during his dream, North finally made his voice heard. He didn't whisper and murmur like the others. He yelled and shouted, telling the presence at the center either to do something or to, for once, or to leave him the hell alone already. He was tired of it all, his life, his dreams, Annie, everything was tainted. He wanted to fight, rage, annihilate the world around him, but he couldn't. He was just a boy. But if he could. Finally, the purple source acknowledged him. After all these years, it saw him. With a Valkyrie voice, it replied, go to the Citadel Cathedral if you seek change. He snapped his ankle slipped out of the monitor and made his way through it made his way into the sewers. The freezing waters couldn't stop him from doing what he was about to do. He needed to pray. He needed the emperor's wisdom. Sacrificial drain North and his friends had looked through before was much taller than he remembered. The metal walls covered, the, uh, covered in frost to boot. It didn't matter as he climbed his way up, raising up that shaft was painful. He had to strip his gloves and shoes before get a better grip as he climbed. The skin off his hands and bare feet peeling with each retraction. But he made it. He pushed the grate open with his last little bit of strength before he crawled into the room. He couldn't stand up. His feet wouldn't let him. So on his hands and knees, he made his way towards the golden statue of the emperor clasping his raw bloody hands in prayer reciting every bit of scripture jj taught him stumbling sure but he filled in the blanks he waited and began praying again once he'd done he started praying again he waited he prayed his arms and legs really hurt he prayed he really missed his mother he prayed he really wanted to go home and climb into his warm bed he prayed he wished he'd never killed those men. He prayed. He wished his friends never gotten involved. He prayed. He wished he was stronger for Annie. He prayed. Was it worth being born? He cried. 
all of this, all this pain, all this hurt, all for what? It wouldn't bring them back. It wouldn't change anything. He was alone and he knew he deserved it for stepping out of line. All, uh, and now if he returned, he'd be executed for escaping the factorum. What could he do? Nothing. He was powerless. The hurt inside his gut twist and he was so, uh, he wanted so much, but in his mind, he deserved nothing. All he could do was cry. Angels, he looked up at the murals and wondered if they existed. Graceful footsteps, he weakly looked over uh, to the massive arch entrance, and that's when he saw them, clothed in white robes and little else were the Adeptus Sororitas, three to be exact. Even though he was shivering like a drugged brute, he couldn't help but smile at them. Even, he even apologized for getting blood on the floor. Two of them threw back their right white hoods and looked as if they were about to run and sound the alarm. But the hand of the shortest one monitoring them uh, to stop, motioned them to stop, calling this moment an act of divine providence. She went to him and held him in her warm embrace, tending to his uh, blatant wounds. The rest was history. Okay, um, so that was pretty bleak, but also, man, I, I wasn't sure if he was going to turn to chaos or, 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 you know, be renewed in his faith in the emperor. And it looks like it's going that way, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, basically, what I wanted to do was break him down in a way that was like almost entirely just something that was his fault and that he could kind of point back to his fault. Because that made him rely on that dream voice. And so now that dream voice, which is apparently some kind of corporeal being, is now influencing his life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's sad because, yeah, you're saying it's his fault and he feels that, yeah, it is his fault. But, like, he was just trying to save Annie, you know? Like, hey, you know what? If anyone rapes anyone, I'm all for going up and beating them with a lead pipe. Fuck those people. But Exactly. Like, he is morally correct, but yeah. the world just kept on punishing him repeatedly. Yeah. Oh, and then and then the servo skull with just, like, the one eye socket, and you're like, that was very clearly yep. her. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> yep, it's just like, yep, that was her. Shit. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, do, you, do we want to carry on, see where this continues? Mm-hmm. Let's continue on for what's there. Subsection 2. The Order of the Martyred Mothers. For years, he served as a preacher in the Order of the Martyred Mothers ranks. He found purpose in combat, purpose in being Aryan subordinates. Arianas. Arianas. Okay. Arianas. She claimed him as her own kin and had taken her name, as it was tradition for those invoked into the order through unador, through un, but wow, unorthodox, un, I know that unorthodox, unorthodox, yeah. As it was tradition for those invoked invoked into the order through unorthodox means, Hospitara, Sister Arian, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> ah, whatever. Well, I'm just gonna say it how I want to say it. Hospitator right. Sister Arian and her preacher uh, Northarian <laughs> together fought <laughs> and saved the lives of their fellow comrades and the Factorum world slowly uh, devolved into a civil war. 
The workers from the southern sect of the city rioting and devolving into heresy, invoking dark rituals to spite the god emperor's holy imperium. The taint of their heresy began to make waves across the city, and now is approaching the homes of the Adeptus of Sorartus. Sieges went on for days, and northern sex sections of the wall under almost constant attack. Bolters hammered into metal and rock of the wall that held and gave time for the sisters' plan until they were able to push back. For months, guardsmen and sisters alike held the line at the wall until frost froze over the battlements. As the snow started to fall through, though, the walls fell too. Northarian and his comrades pushed back to the factorums themselves, defending what was left of the workers. The sisters, along with, uh, with the others, held out. Northarian driven to fight and win, not just to aid his fellow allies, but because he was also defending Annie. While he had left for his new life, she remained in the factorum, thinking he either died or ran away. She hated and loved that he returned, but all he felt was guilt and anguish, knowing he left her all alone. So, like any man, he readied himself for the end, his sisters falling one by one at his sides, Annie clinging to him. Annie never saw the blade coming, heretics having surrounded the last of them, poking and prodding in hellish glee as the survivors were picked off one by one. Notharian at least got to hold her in her in her last moments as she passed on, but now it was just him, his hospitar mother, and his hospitar mother, mother. The remaining survivors prepared for one last push, a final hurrah to give uh, the ends of their lives a meaningful climax in the service of the god emperor. But as they prepared, the sounds of screaming meteor-like engines came roaring down from all around them, and the remnants of the uh, <laughs> cathedral and the factorum shook from uh the shock that's when they saw caliban and uh that's when they saw the caliban in green of the dark angels chapter the emperor had heard their prayers and had answered them tenfold within minutes the enemy uh was forced to retreat but northarian and his sister's side uh, did not cease too much was lost and blood had to be paid grievous fate uh grievous fate Grievous hate fueled his fire. He was losing his family again, and losing Annie finally had made him realize that. This war itself was pointless for him to fight. Every violent swing of his blade toward the enemy, Northarian finally found himself cornered, but not without hope. The bolter of a fallen marine was at his feet, and with all the strength he could muster, picked it up, using the debris around him to mount as a mount to fire. Sending rounds into hordes of mindless, mindless heathens, the rifle shaking, his very being as he fired shot after shot until it emptied. Satisfied, he fought to his last, last breath. He bowed and grew prepared for his death. Reciting every prayer he could over his calm, he hopefully inspired the rest of his people to keep fighting. Factorum beginning, death of the loved, meeting oh, of the sisters. <laughs> we can stop reading right there. Yeah. Okay. Because what you just started reading was the cliff notes of what's going to come in the future. Ah. So okay. we stopped at, what is it? Space Marines interception and establishment of the angels. And okay. so that's all. Everything you just read was all on his home world. Yeah. And um, what is it? If we... If I scroll down a good bit, 
trying to find it. Sorry. All good. All good. Uh, oh, you got some Imperial Knights in here even. Yep. I think it should be in the... Um, yeah. It, it should be in the page 11 where it talks about the actual chapter of Dark Angels they just stumbled upon or who stumbled upon them. Okay. The 116th Dark Angels chapter was instituted as a successor chapter under the mastery of Ezin Tetrak. Their purpose to keep a watchful eye over the going-ons in the 116th sector. But as war raged, they became a fleet-based chapter, the Black Damascus. Being their chapter relic, the last chapter master was relieved to be one of the fallen, well, revealed to be one of the fallen, and the only thing that saved the chapter from uh, extermination, extermination, extermination was Northarian, a chapter champion who executed him and the rest of the fallen. After the battle, they were put under the harsh, watchful eye of the Inquisition and Commissar-like, uh, cut off from their chapter until their debt was paid. Uh, can I just toss a couple of little thoughts here before I forget? Like, up? a Commissar would never have any say in the Space Marine chapter. Um, oh. Like, a Commissar can still watch him and stuff, but, like, a Commissar, if he killed a Space Marine, like, that is not accepted. Like, that's, hmm. like, they... Um, Minor minor detail, but I thought we were just on it, so I could mention it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. actually, this is all getting into uh, was it further into the story than what you've read? But yeah. um, what is it? Essentially, after uh the part with the sisters of battle. Yeah. And um, he gets north Northarian now gets recruited into the Dark Angels. At yeah. The Becomes and, a chapter champion. Yep. And yeah, well. I'd like to focus on the uh, the bits before that because yeah. he makes a friend along the way. His name is Dante, and he also and those two just like essentially run house because all they do is just whatever they can. The chapter, at mm -hmm. least under its first chapter master that they met, uh, Eisen, he is like very against. Okay, a, a lot of the, sorry, a, a lot of what we just said has to be cut out just because this whole part, like the whole chapter itself is very much its own thing that I have to kind of go in depth about. Okay, okay. Um, where do you want to pick it up then from? Uh, let's actually pick it up from the end of what you read where it was talking about how uh okay so just before you read factor or factor in beginning just before that satisfying yeah. yeah right here some yeah right there so from there uh he gets indoctrinated into the dark angels and this Dark Angels chapter has a specific way of recruiting people because this Dark Angels chapter has actual angels in its ranks. Like these are sanctioned kind of almost warp entities that are drawn to their chapter relic, which is the Black Damascus, 
which is a huge damn sword that it is just fairly uh, mysterious in its own right. Yeah, even even just hearing that. So like there's warp entities that are, are they bound in the sword? Are they like, they're almost attracted to it from the warp and they're not like actually tied to it? Yeah, they're just attracted to it because the sword was actually quenched during its forging process and the blood of a zinch demon. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so what is it? Every chapter master, uh, if we actually go to the um, the Google thing that I sent you, the whole yeah. drive, uh, if you go to short stories, there is a short story called The Black Damascus. The Black Damascus. And if you open it, you should see a brief kind of uh, illustration of it. Um, I'm opening up all of these. I'm just trying to find it. It should be in the short story section. Uh, Do you see the short stories subfolder? No, I don't see any folders. Oh, okay. Never mind. It was, I was just being retarded. Oh, (laughs) there's some artwork. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, it's like a picture of a guy in robes. Um, yeah, and there's like the sword in front of him. Uh, what it's redemption on the sword? That's sweet. Yeah. Was it? It's a statue that has a coffin embedded into the chest. Yeah. And and that's just the holding cell for that sword. Because yeah. that sword is the reason for a lot of bullshit happening. I can later imagine. In, <laughs> later in North's life, that sword is a, has a lot to do with some bullshit. Because once North joins that next step in his life, joins the Dark Angels, he goes through the training. And he, again, he meets some friends along the way, Dante being one of them, and a uh Caldas assassin as well and um was it through his time with that entity in his head he's developed a definite psychic presence to which actually drew in the angels who uh, are drawn to the sword and that's why they recruited him yeah 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 so he's got like a little bit of latent psyker then that kind of allows yeah. tap into the warp to some degree. Yeah, not a lot by any means, but it's enough yeah. to like um, help him <laughs> in very specific scenarios that require people to just essentially calm down. Interesting. Yeah. So he's like, uh, I know they have like a, a term for that, but like a soothsayer almost like he just kind of, that's not quite the right term, but that's, that's cool. So he almost has like this empathic ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And essentially, that's what has him and the assassin develop a friendship because he's able to calm down the combat stimulus and let her think properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. But what is it? Further into the, um, the chapter's history, further into North's history, as they fight, the original tra- chapter master and his angel 
who and the angel is by his side at all times because he wields the black Damascus. Is this angel like visible? Yeah, it's visible. It's corporeal. Yeah, it's almost like a sister of battle, but just it's more like a psychically based. Yeah. Um, the, the, the image I'm almost getting in my head is like a Diablo three cinematic where Tyrael, I think his name is like the, the main good angel. And he, he has like the wings of light and stuff. And like, he's wispy, mm-hmm. but you can still mm-hmm. see like, Oh, that motherfucker's wearing armor or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, so, so this, this guy's vis- visible, this angel, like, and everyone can see him kind of like, it's not just Northlock. Or I, yeah. I mean, Northern? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and people can communicate with him? Yep. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, and, they, and they just see him as, like, literally some, like, emperor manifestation of an angel, essentially. Yeah. yeah essentially, yeah. the reason that they're so, like, accepted, even given that they're, like, essentially a warp entity, is because they look so divine and they haven't yeah. like tried to do anything bad to the chapter. They've just been drawn to the sword yeah. and been drawn to sword to serve this specific chapter of, you know, space yeah. Marines. Interesting. And, but at the time, what is it? There was two chapter masters because they both had uh, angels at one time on their shoulders. So they shared the black Damascus, but now the, other chapter masters angel died but then that leads into where our og chapter master is killed during battle along with his angel and so the the other chapter master takes over yeah and that chapter master oh boy does he get into some fucky shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah i i'm just going through like all these documents that you have written you have so many pages and pages of uh just lore written yeah it's very impressive uh, i'm looking so, at some of these artwork too that you have i, I like your art style yeah casanova uh, hey i remember that guy <laughs> yeah what is it? Do you have any questions about the um, the chapter or the uh, faction as a whole? Yeah, like I feel like we've just begun to tap into what this truly has to offer. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions, but I feel like we just need to do another episode and get get some more context, you know? Yeah. At the moment, we're at like the turning point of book one yeah where he starts joining the dark angels and then we go into the dark angels tragedy yeah yeah like i i'm i'm super excited to see where it goes and you get some imperial knights in there and some raven guard and i'm excited to see kind of how all these factions come in and and why why do they come in is it just to slay some xenos or maybe is there some change fuckery going around maybe somebody wants that sword for themselves i don't fucking know well the biggest thing that comes in is that dream, that dream entity. Yeah. Be- because just spoilers now, that's a Primarch or a supposed Primarch. Getting into some dangerous territory, my friend. Very much. 
if you open the short <laughs> sto- if you open the short stories again you'll see a um a google doc called nara of nowhere yeah and that goes into her okay because this primark her okay really female <laughs> <laughs> okay okay i think this is the perfect cliffhanger that you just left left us on so you're talking about a female primark entity now mm-hmm. okay well i now i really have to have you on so we're, we're set up another time to record because now i really need to see where this story is going yeah um what is it if you go also into the references again and scroll all the way down. It should be the second from the bottom. You can see a picture. Oh, wait. That's Casanova. Fuck. <laughs> all the way down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Casanova. And then if you go... What is it? Oh, God, it's so hard to... Do you see the... like? In the middle bit, you can see the colored pictures of the models and stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the one, two below that, it should be 6262. That's the picture of Nara. 6262. Okay, okay. Interesting. Well, fuck what, Yeah. <laughs> female primarchs okay i don't want to get all ranty and ragey i think that's i think that's yeah. for this episode um thank you so much for sharing um of course what a way to start my beautiful saturday morning off is just hearing a bunch of children get mutilated i love it and then indoctrinated <laughs> yeah mutilated and indoctrinated perfect <laughs> um Cool. Thank you so much. We, we will have you on again and we will share more about the Wardens of Mankind and just kind of go through all this. Uh, maybe if you guys want to see some of this artwork, you can go on to our Discord. Uh, Northlock can post into our channel and you can see all the artwork that he's been working on and stuff and uh, his miniatures as well. Um, anything else you'd like to say? Expect more. Expect it to get a whole lot more confusing. <laughs> this shit hasn't even gotten started yet. <laughs> I like it. Cool. Thanks everyone for listening to Lore Hammer Listen Lore. And don't forget to support the show on Patreon. Uh $1 really does help me. If, especially if you've listened to multiple episodes, just toss me one buck. If you've been on the show, toss me one buck. Helps keep the show going. I just have to get a new laptop, so I'm I'm broke like uh like a like a broke person. So shoot me some money. Uh thanks everyone else for uh everything. Thanks and see you all later. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.